this is Dismal Science coming with another episode concerning my predictions for the future. Don't know how long this episode will be because this is a broad topic. But I've been thinking a lot rec recently about how I am going to survive in the future and how everybody else will do the same. We're in very unusual times economically. Um, we have just mismanaged ourselves for so long on planet Earth that you really wonder what the next stages are going to be. I could speak about jobs, for instance. I think it's so interesting that Borders Bookstore has closed its doors another victim at the hand of information technology. It's just been amazing how information technology has just revolutionized the whole way that people work. And in response has been destroying jobs at a frightening pace. You know, all of our, these new companies that we have now don't employ anywhere near as much people as the companies that we had before. You know, we have companies now like Craigslist that has like 12 employees. Facebook has like 2,000 employees. But, you know, when you look at a company, company like Amazon and you realize how many businesses have fallen due to their dominance, you realize that um, the world's going to be a different place very soon. Not only that, um, we've been using our natural resources at a breakneck pace. And when, I, when I speak of natural resources, I'm speaking mostly of food resources, water resources, gasoline, oil, and those basic things that we've come to become so dependent on. Some of them we've been dependent on from the beginning. Some we've become more dependent on in recent times. But, um, when you look at prices of things like food and fuel and even water, um, watch them as they rise so quickly. Um, you realize that we're out of balance. And the question is, how do we get back into balance? Or well, whether we go by normal means or by being forced to. I um been particularly interested in this concept of globalization that we've been living in. The idea of shipping resources and finished products around the world. And what things are going to look like when that process ends. Um, I guess I could say on the bright side, uh, the bright side to me, I'm not sure if it would be the bright side for you, but... I think that the internet is going to be around. I don't think we're going to have problems with electricity. I think we'll get over that. We have lots of coal, and we're getting better at solar and other such things. So, I have a feeling that we're going to have an internet, a, a vibrant internet, and it's going to be increasingly localized, I think, and it's going to 
try to help us manage our resources as best as we possibly can. And it's going to provide for us the employment opportunities that we're going to need. Not necessarily in programming the internet, but utilizing the internet to really try to save money or make money. You see, I'm a libertarian. And if you don't know what that means, it means that I don't really believe in governmental structures socially engineering our circumstances. Um, we've been doing that now for many decades, and I think we're coming towards the end of that, because ultimately the world is a world of markets. We sometimes wish it wasn't, but it is because there are shortages of things, like beef, for instance. Beef is, for most people in the world, a luxury. And more and more in the West, it's becoming a luxury as well. And it would be nice if everybody could have beef every night for dinner, but there simply just isn't enough to make that happen. So it needs to be priced appropriately. Which comes to this idea of the types of things we're going to be doing in the future. Um, you know, right now a lot of things are illegal. Um, a lot of money-making ideas are illegal. Things like selling your blood. Even though we have blood shortages all over the country, you can't sell blood in America. Um, which doesn't really make a lot of sense. You know, there's a lot of people who very much need blood, and um, apparently there are chronic shortages of blood throughout the country. So, it would only make sense that we would try to incentivize people to part with their excess blood um, in order to save somebody's life. This is, a, this is one example of how free markets are, are blocked in the United States. Um, you know, another example is gambling. Um, we have very unusual laws concerning gambling. Um, strangely enough, all the states now are starting to legalize gambling to some degree or another in a desperate attempt to get money from taxes and such. But, um, you know, gambling is another highly regulated activity which is also very profitable and um, should probably be legal and not have much government interference. So, how do we get to this end result? Well, I think we're well on our way to breaking down many of these false restrictions that the governments of the world have placed upon us. Um, that is, if the internet continues to be a free place, which I'm betting it will, um, there are p some people who don't want the internet to be a free place, but um, I don't know that they're going to gain the traction they need to clamp down on it. And what I'm saying is that there are going to be more and more markets evolving on the web, and I I'm probably not telling you anything you don't know already. You've probably noticed the proliferation of web applications and web markets that are arising, many of them doing illegal things, like selling drugs. You know, the recent Bitcoin controversy where, 
you know, there was an online drug dealer willing to take bitcoins and send you drugs. That's a, a, a powerful concept, right? Yeah, so open source software has done a lot of things. I remember what, compu what computing was like before open source became popular. I remember buying application stacks, buying programming environments like Visual Studio from Microsoft. Yes, I did buy that once upon a time. It cost a few hundred dollars. When they sold that in stores, you could go to a store and buy a programming language like Visual Basic. Of course, not many people really are going to do that. <laughs> or you, in order to get, you know, powerful database software, you really had to be a large corporation. You had to buy very expensive software like Sybase or Oracle. If you wanted to play the internet game, you needed expensive Unix systems. That was then. <laughs> this is now. Um, now you do not need to buy almost anything if you have the right skills. The programming languages are now free like Python, Perl, etc. The database applications are free. Really free in every sense of the word. And they're powerful and flexible. And they're allowing us to um, start markets that we just could have never really ever expected were going to happen. Think Craigslist. You know, we, we, we really didn't know how Craigslist was going to adjust the entire living arrangement of the world. Craigslist is run by very few people. And it runs its web presence on completely open source software. In their case, it's Perl, MySQL, Linux, and Apache. This allows them to displace the entire classifieds industry worldwide. And um, they have done a pretty interesting job on it. Um, the most interesting thing to come out of Craigslist, however, was the sexual revolution that Craigslist dropped upon us. Not even sure if they were planning it or if they expected it. But it did happen. You know, according to their movie, the Craigslist movie, uh, there was a documentary made on Craigslist. It focused largely on the gay community in San Francisco and how they started utilizing Craigslist as a exchange of sorts to facilitate sexual encounters. This eventually migrated into the heterosexual community and began the process of internet sex markets. Now I don't know if, if Craigslist began it. I know there were things before. There were some super high-tech people using various other types of messaging systems from what I understand. But Craigslist really put things into structure and um, before long the process of prostitution took a particularly high-tech edge. This, this led 
many people to be nervous for a number of reasons. This, this went on for many years until, you know, various organizations and such started making accusations about Craigslist. A number of murders took place and accusations of trafficking and such things took place. But we do know that that's how the free market works. Resources are allocated and um, money is exchanged for goods and services. And what I'm arguing is that um, you're going to start seeing a lot more of this type of thing happen. This is going to become perhaps our new economy. An economy that's going to be based very much locally, very much around your neighbors. How valuable are you to them? You know, so far you've, only, you've had to be valuable to a company who really saw the world as its marketplace. The thing about these companies is that they actually don't need you anymore. They've outgrown you. They've <laughs> found out ways to just manage without you. I'm actually surprised sometimes that I actually continue to have a job because um, these organizations are just becoming incredibly adept. I know of one company, a financial services firm, in Baltimore, Maryland, laid off one-third of its staff. And you're thinking to yourself, okay, one-third of your permanent staff is now made redundant. Obviously, things are going to just start falling apart. The wheels are going to start coming off the wagon. But after speaking to some people who remained there, he explained to me that a month later, you really couldn't even tell the difference. They had organized themselves through the use of technology and other such means that they actually could reduce their workforce by one-third. This has been the case all over the world now. We're starting to see companies just running extremely lean and doing a good job at it. The next stage we're going to see now is governments becoming lean. Um, there's always thought that government employment was so stable, but apparently governments are not going to be able to afford to maintain a whole lot of staff very soon. And this is going to mean all types of staff. Teachers, police officers, and other, other such things. And all the bureaucrats and paper pushers and people who you just don't even know that they exist but they do and they draw a living uh, what that's going to mean is that we're going to have to start relying on each other again at a local level and I say that because I'm not a fan of globalization really I like it in some degrees but I don't like most of what it is which is the shipping of goods and services around the world you know like when you have dinner and one part of your plate was floating in from Chile the fruit the fruits perhaps the vegetables were trucked in from California the beef was imported from Canada um, and other beef products were exported to China well I, I just don't know how much more of that we're gonna have um, the idea of 
all of this global trade requires an enormous amount of energy, mostly in the form of oil, which is becoming scarce and expensive, and it's impacting the price and viability of all of these types of activities. So what comes in to replace these things? Well, what comes in to replace these things are food that has grown much, much closer to where you are. Food that is in season as well. All of these exotic fruits arriving to you in the middle of winter might just not happen very easily in the very near future. I don't see this as necessarily a bad thing, but it's going to take some adjustment on our part to manage this. And once again, I think information technology, more MySQL or Postgres databases are going to be erected to help us do this more efficiently. How do we shop in groups? Right? Even where I live, you can buy food in bulk, like tomatoes. Of course, it doesn't make sense for one household to do this, buy a box of 100 or 200 tomatoes. It doesn't make sense, but if you know how to do this and if you have good neighborly relations, you can combine all of your needs and redistribute appropriately. So that when you're buying those tomatoes, you can come back to your community and you can distribute them amongst families and everybody save money and get product. I, th I think that's kind of what the future is going to look like. Um, this is going to be good because I think it's going to rebuild communities. Right now, everybody's very isolated, super independent, and that has a whole host of problems in and of itself, but I don't think we're going to be able to afford that much longer. Concerning schools, I think we're going to start seeing a paradigm shift there as well. Um, we've been worrying about our schools for so long that they don't perform and we seem to have no control over them. I'm not particularly even happy with the school that my son goes to, even though it's supposed to be so wonderful by whatever standard. I didn't like the schools I attended. I felt I learned very few practical skills, very few skills that actually helped me in life. And, you know, I would like my son to be able to learn things that are valuable, like personal finance management or proper nutrition management. How is this going to happen? Well, I, I'm, I'm making a, a, a guess. Right now, homeschooling is becoming very popular. Um, many people are just not sending their children to school, and married couples, one of one or one of the spouses, will usually stay home and educate the child themselves. And you can do this throughout the entire child's career. Well, this has pluses and minuses. I think there's kind of like a negative social aspect to that because kids don't socialize as much, I don't think. But I think what we're going to see is homeschooling times 10. I think people are going to start making homeschool businesses where they take more than just their own child, where they take several neighborhood children and they run a communal health network. When I say health, I really meant to say ed a communal education network where you're intimately involved with the nature of the education that your child gets. And it will be very personal, very local yet again.
Of course, the internet is also going to play a part in this. One one pretty impressive project is the Khan Academy. They've produced a web application which helps children learn mathematics and such. And they put it together in a fairly fun way that children don't seem to mind playing it. And um, these types of things in, co in collaboration are going to be the solution to our ever-degrading governmental selections. All of this is going to happen under the radar because in most, I'll just speak for the EU and the United States, our governing structures are not nimble enough to adjust with time as we see right now. Um, the process of actually changing laws and such things can take decades or centuries even, or they probably just will never happen. So what I suspect will happen is that a lot of these types of activities are going to start going underground, and people are just going to start to disconnect with the help of open source. Yeah, you're wondering, like, you know, what's the technology slant to what I'm talking about is, you know, we're going to see a recurring theme. These MySQL databases and Postgres databases, they're going to keep dancing in the cloud. And yes, I use the word cloud. I like the word cloud. I know many people don't, but I do. I know it doesn't mean to everybody what everybody thinks it means, but it means enough to me that it's a web presence that is universally accessible, rentable, however you want to put it. But these databases are going to continue to dance in the cloud, and you're going to start seeing home schools of 10, 20, or 30 children organize on the web, market on the web, communicate on the web. This is going to happen for food resources as well. Um, this is going to happen for sex resources as well. You know, looking at what's on the web right now regarding relationships and such, it's just so interesting to me that the world has changed so much since, since I was a child. Now, it appears that a large proportion of people meet their spouses online. Not sure how many it is, uh, what proportion, but yeah, I've heard large figures, maybe as high as 50%, maybe higher, who knows. But we know it's a lot, right? A lot of people are dating and marrying and meeting and selecting each other through online marketplaces. Of course, this is also happening in a non-marriage perspective as well, in just raw sex which is also being collaborated into MySQL databases and Postgres databases. I saw the most interesting business idea arise. It's called whatsyourprice.com. A website where it's like a dating website, except for you pay the person to date you. Fascinating concept, right? In order to get a date with a person, you agree on a payment. Well, it's a very new idea. I don't know if it will catch on or if it will survive. Um, I can see a lot of pitfalls in 
conflating love and money and such things so business like but nevertheless an interesting idea um you know this is all making everybody very nervous the way that um the internet's making the world completely uncontrollable from central authorities and with reduced resources of the central authorities, you would think that they would come up with better ways to manage themselves, but we're still more or less doing the same old-fashioned thing. Um, you know, trying to ban things like Craigslist, which eventually Craigslist did bring down its adult section after pressure from the United States Congress and various groups. The idea being that with Craigslist's adult section taken down, They've won some type of war, but of course, if we think about it, we know that nothing was actually won by that. The Craigslist duplicates or imitators multiply like rabbits, almost. They're localized, they're national, they're international, and really the markets are much more powerful than these central authorities um, and it, it, it's going to be very hard to see how we legislate or police many of these activities like drugs for instance you know the idea of buying drugs with bitcoins is just so astonishing to me that I don't even know where to begin um, I've never actually used a bitcoin before but it's a fascinating idea, and the idea that somebody will send you drugs for a Bitcoin is absolutely amazing. We've been doing drugs in the world for a long time. I mean, drugs go back to ancient times. Every society in the world uses drugs. In the Middle East, they use something called cat, which I believe you chew, and it's supposed to do something to you. In South America, they have various drug varieties and in North America we have varieties as well so we know that this is something that's been going on for a long time and we have very tremendous difficulties controlling people's actions so you, you'd wonder why we wouldn't take more pragmatic approaches to some of these problems um, there are things that could be done <coughs> things that would be humane and perhaps lower drug usage, but instead we generally just try to outright ban everything and police it and place people in jail. Oh, I mean, the end re result of my argument is that um, without anything changing much, these MySQL and Postgres databases will continue to ever expand, and they'll expand into every aspect of our lives pretty soon, and they're not going away. So that, in combination with the decline of globalization, could lead to a fairly bright future. I think we'll have a little bit of a stumbling point where we'll have to make some serious adjustments. But I think in the end, it's going to bring people closer together in a strange way. We're going to learn that we actually need each other. That we don't necessarily need Walmart or Kmart or whoever else. Whatever other faceless corporation. 
it's probably not going to have our best interests in mind heart because they don't even want to employ us anymore. They're just disappointed that we can't afford to buy any of their stuff. So, if we can't afford to buy their stuff, we're going to have to buy stuff from each other. And we're going to have to perhaps even barter. I see a bright future for bartering, actually. Um, I don't know what the state of currency is going to be in the future, but bartering is definitely going to be part of the puzzle. Um, those who know how to do things like fix ruse are going to volunteer to do so in exchange for some type of good or service, like boxes of tomatoes, perhaps. Or a live chicken. I know that sounds a little bit odd to people listening, but many things that are happening to us now would have sounded odd 10 or 20 years ago, if you stop to think about it. And things are only accelerating, right? We don't have to wait 50 years anymore for things to happen. Things are happening, changing within a year or two now. We're starting to see the whole world change. Um, just look at Netflix, for example, and the way that they've just decimated the rental business. Just displaced the entire thing. All of those are jobs gone. And Netflix will not be hiring all those people who will be displaced. These people will have to find new things to do. And they will, actually. Um, especially once government benefits start to run dry when safety nets begin to fail. Things like Medicaid stop working. Things like unemployment insurance funds going broke. People will learn to do other things. And i got to tell you that, to a degree, I'm kind of looking forward to it. I mean, I don't want to be naive. I'm going to suffer like a son of a bitch during the process. But if I actually make it through, I think that it could be a much better planet. Much more sustainable planet. And a planet with much better interpersonal relationships than one that we've seen, than the planet that we've seen for the last hundred or so years. Well, thank you again for listening, if you've listened this far. This is Dismal Science, and I look forward to speaking to you perhaps in another month or so. In the meantime, be safe.
Thank you for listening to Hacker Public Radio. For more information on the show and how to contribute your own shows, visit hackerpublicradio.org.